0: In your righteousness. So again, we're reading through Psalm 119. If you read that entire Psalm, you see that every, every verse, nearly every verse mentions the word of God or his commandments or something like that in some way. And it shows us the importance of keeping God's word, knowing what God's word says, not just knowing it, but actually doing it as James tells us, you know, if we're going to just be hearers of the word, we deceive ourselves. We need to be doers of the word. And when we do that, we'll be blessed by the Lord. We'll, um, walk in his commandments and and he'll give us the things he said he'll give us in his word so that's just a reminder of those things when we're as we read through psalm 119 so we're going to sing some songs but first let's pray the lord's prayer together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
1: Impossible things in your name they shall In your name they shall be done away.
2: Now is the time in the service for announcements. In the foyer area, there are collection bins for Matthew 25 Ministries for the pill bottle donations. If you have empty pill bottles or just the lids, bring them in. They will take those also. Um, We also collect used ink cartridges um, that help reduce office supply costs here for the church. Food pantry, clothes closet. We have made some adjustments um, due to the numbers. Um, and maybe trying to use other days and times for other um, outreaches and things like that. So it is now going to be just every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. So if you want to come out and serve, see what we do, or make some donations, that would be the day and time to do that. Women's Bible study, empty nesters, um, studying the book of Galatians on Thursdays at 10 a.m. at Ruth Liming's house. Refit free dance fitness class on Tuesdays and Thursdays here from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. If you have any questions about that, you can see Kristen. Cinnamon Roll and Stroll, we're still collecting ladies. I mean, asking for sign-ups. This coming Saturday, um, April 9th at 10 a.m., we're going to meet here at Heartland. We're going to have breakfast, brunch, whatever 10 o'clock time is for you. Um, We're going to have a little something here, just some fellowship, nothing formal, just to kind of get to know each other a little bit. And then we're going to find a place to just take a walk together. Goshen Community Easter Egg Hunt is Saturday, April 16th. We are joining a couple other churches um, in the area to do this at 11 a.m. at Goshen High School. Um, So we have committed to 5,000 pre-filled eggs. You don't have to pre-fill them. It is great if you do. Um, You can bring empty eggs. You can bring candy, small toys, stickers, appropriate age for ages, or sorry, for kids 4 to 6, um The last date for donations um, to be brought to the church is April tenth, which is next Saturday or next Sunday, sorry. Um, and Easter service is Sunday, April seventeenth. We will have the one service at ten thirty and we will have a special Easter gift for all the kiddos. Tithes and offerings can be put in the offering box in the back of the sanctuary. Thank you so much.
0: All right, so today we're going to be in uh, John's first letter, so let's turn our Bibles together to 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to read 1 John 1, 5 through 1 John 2, 2. 1 John 1, 5 through 2, 2. And when you get there, please stand for the reading of God's word. And the title of today's teaching is, So That We Will Not Sin. So That We Will Not Sin. In 1 John 1, 5 through 2, 2, the scriptures say, This is the message we heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, but still walk in darkness, we are lying and do not put the truth into practice. But if we walk in the light just as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. You may be seated. Now, you may remember a couple weeks ago, I said that uh, the Apostle John wrote this letter to remind the churches in and around Ephesus the truth about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is truly God and truly man. John said he's writing this letter to declare the truth about Jesus so that those who heard this truth could have fellowship with the one true God by having a close and continuous relationship with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, in today's passage, John gives us more details about the God who invites us into this close and continuous relationship with him. In 1 John 1 5, John says, This is the message we heard from him and proclaimed to you God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So, the message that the Lord Jesus gave to the apostles, revealed to the apostles, is God is light. And in God, there's absolutely no darkness at all. God is absolute purity. God is completely free from any kind of darkness, unrighteousness, or sin. Jesus also revealed to the apostles that God will not have fellowship with anyone who continues in darkness, unrighteousness, or sin. We can only have fellowship with God if we're walking in the light and living free from sin. So John writes this section of scripture so that we will not sin, so that we can have fellowship with the one true God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord, open our eyes to see the truth and give us both the will and the ability to live out the truth. Through your grace, today and always, in Jesus' name, amen. So in this letter, John uses two important phrases several times. He used the phrase, if we say three times... And the phrase, whoever says, three times. And those phrases are important because they show us the false claims of the false teachers who were twisting the truth about Jesus. Now, the false teachers John's dealing with were docetists. They believed Jesus was truly divine, but that he only seemed to be human because they thought that everything physical was evil. So in their theology, God could not truly become human without corrupting himself. Now the dosis also claimed to have a special knowledge, a secret knowledge about God that Jesus did not reveal to the apostles. And they were convinced that this secret knowledge about God gave them a closer fellowship with God on a spiritual level. So they believed that they could have fellowship with God in their spirits, regardless of what they did with their physical bodies. So they claimed to have fellowship with the God who is light while they still walked in darkness. They claimed to have no sin while they still walked in darkness. You know, much like they taught that Jesus was not truly human, well, they also taught that their sin was not truly sin. And we might think, wow, this is just so ridiculous. This teaching sounds so ridiculous. How could anybody fall for false teaching like this? But sadly, there's a popular teaching in the modern church that's nearly identical to what the docetists taught It's taught all over American airwaves, TV, radio, all over the internet, in thousands of books. We might not call it docetism, but this teaching leads to the same conclusion and leads to the same results in people's lives who embrace it. This teaching claims when we become believers, well, we're still just wretched sinners, but we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And when God looks at believers, he only sees Jesus. And God sees us as righteous because Jesus is righteous. And because God only sees the righteousness of Jesus when he looks at believers, well, this means that God no longer sees a believer's sins. So believers remain righteous in God's eyes, even if we live lawless lives. Connected to this claim is the claim that when we become believers, all of our sins, past, present, and future have already been forgiven. Because Jesus was judged for all the sins of the world, God cannot justly judge those who believe in Jesus. So it's like when we believe in Jesus, you and I put on a Jesus costume, and no matter what our lives really look like, no matter how bad our behavior becomes, God cannot see it, and we remain righteous because the Jesus costume covers it all. Now, this teaching and others like it is the reason so many in our day claim to have fellowship with the God who is light while they still walk in darkness. Why many claim God sees them as sinless even as they live lawless lives. So John's message is a message that we need to hear loud and clear because we're hearing the opposite from most people that think that they're preaching the gospel. So we need to know that the true God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. We cannot have fellowship with the true God and walk in darkness at the same time. As John says in 1 John 1, 6, if we say we have fellowship with him, but still walk in darkness, we are lying and do not put the truth into practice. Now to walk, it speaks of a lifestyle, the direction of our lives, our consistent practice. So to walk in the darkness means to live in a practice, live in or practice sin as a lifestyle. John tells us no matter what we say about having fellowship with God, well, if we are walking in darkness, if we're living in sin, then we do not have fellowship with God. And those who claim to have fellowship with God, but are still walking in darkness, John says they are lying and are not putting the truth into practice. And I'll remind you, those are John's words, not my words. They're lying, and they're not putting the truth into practice. And in 1 John 1, 7, John goes on to tell us how to have fellowship with God. He says, but if we walk in the light just as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So I want you to notice the contrast here. So false teachers and liars claim to have fellowship with God while they still live in sin. But John says, no, you only truly have fellowship with God if you're walking in the light just as God is in the light. And what does it mean to walk in the light? Well, as you read through John's John's letter, you see that he uses several different phrases to describe what walking in the light is. Among other things, walking in the light is putting the truth into practice. Walking in the light is continually keeping Christ's commands. Walking in the light is practicing righteousness. When we walk in the light, we will consistently walk as Jesus walked. We'll live as Jesus lived. We'll love as Jesus loved. And only those who live like that can have fellowship with God. And it's in fellowship with God that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all sin. Now, let me ask you an important question. If a person is cleansed from all sin, how much sin does that person have? That's not a trick question. If a person is cleansed from all sin, how much sin does that person have? They have none, right? The answer is none. So if a person is cleansed from all sin, they have no sin. And that's important for us to know because of what John goes on to say in 1 John 1.8. John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if, if, Verse 7, John says, those who walk in the light have the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing them from all sin. And in verse 8, John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So when we put this together, we can see that John is clearly talking about two different people in verses 7 and 8. the person in verse 7 walks in the light. The person in verse 8 is still walking in the darkness. But too many of us have been taught to read 1 John 1, 1.8 as if John were, were talking to a Christian who's deceiving himself if he claims to have no sin. But is that what John is saying? Well, to answer that question, we first need to talk about what John means by the word sin. It's very important when we're talking about biblical definitions of things that we try to find answers in the, in the scriptures for what these things actually mean. So John gives us a definition of sin in 1 John 3.4. He says, everyone who commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So what is sin? Sin is lawlessness. So if we commit sin, then we commit lawlessness. In 1 John 5, 17, John says this about sin. He says, all unrighteousness is sin. So sin is lawlessness. Sin is unrighteousness. So in 1 John 1, 7, John's saying, if we walk in the light as God is in the light... We have fellowship with God, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin, all lawlessness, from all unrighteousness. And this is the same thing John's talking about in 1 John 1, 9, when he says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, our lawlessness, our unrighteousness, God will cleanse us from all sin, all lawlessness, all unrighteousness. So with that understanding about sin in mind, let's go back to the question I asked earlier. In 1 John 1.8, is John saying that someone who walks in the light is deceiving themselves if they say they have no sin? Now, What if we change the word sin to lawlessness or unrighteousness? Is John saying that someone who walks in the light is deceiving themselves if they say they have no lawlessness or no unrighteousness? Absolutely not. See, the person in First John one eight is not someone who's walking in the light. It's the same person John talked about back in First John one six, the person who says they have fellowship with God while they still walk in darkness, and they're not putting the truth into practice because the truth is not in them. See, that person is also saying they have no sin, and in First John one ten, that same person says they have not sinned. See, all three of those if-we-say statements have got to be read together or we confuse ourselves and we make John contradict himself. See, this person still walks in darkness, yet says they have fellowship with God. This person still walks in darkness, yet says they have no sin. This person still walks in darkness, yet says they have not sinned. And remember, this is what the false teacher said. They could have fellowship with God in their spirits while they practice sin with their bodies they could live lawless lives and still be okay with God because what we do with our bodies does not affect our spiritual life. Much like the people in our day who say they have fellowship with God while they live lawless lives because God sees them as sinless in Christ, John says if that person claims to have no sin or to have not sinned, Well, that person is a liar. That person is not practicing the truth. That person is deceiving themselves. The truth is not in them. They are making God out to be a liar, and his word is not in them. See, none of those things that I just talked about describe a person who walks in the light and has fellowship with God. Because if we're walking in the light as God is in the light, if we're practicing the truth by obeying Christ's commands, well, we can say we have no lawlessness or no unrighteousness. Why? Because the blood of Jesus redeems us, frees us, cleanses us from all lawlessness and all unrighteousness. But so many of us have been taught to read 1 John 1, 8 and 10 as if John were saying that we all still practice sin, even those who walk in the light. We've heard that so many times, it's hard for us to read this any other way. But we got to remember the context here. And we got to remember what John says in the rest of this letter about sin. John cannot mean to say that even those who walk in the light still practice sin, lawlessness, or unrighteousness. And we know this for sure because of what John says next in 1 John 2.1. He says, my children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. What did John say? John writes so that we will not sin, so that we will not continue to commit lawlessness or unrighteousness. And that's the normal Christian life. That's the life of those who walk in the light and have fellowship with God. Do so we make up our minds that we will not sin? And through the power of God, we no longer live lawless lives or unrighteous lives. And John teaches the same truth again in 1 John 3, 5 through 10. He says, you know that he appeared in order to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin. Anyone who remains in him does not sin. The person who keeps on sinning has not seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone deceive you. Whoever does what is right is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. The one who continues to sin is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. This is why the Son of God appeared, to destroy the works of the devil. Nobody who has been born of God continues to commit sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. And this is how the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Everyone who does not do what is right is not from God, along with everyone who does not love his brother. The American culture needs a good dose of those verses right there for about a year long. Let's just preach that constantly for about a year. Notice that John says Jesus appeared to take away our sins, to take away our unrighteousness. He came to redeem us from all lawlessness. John also says, in Jesus, there is no sin. And everyone who remains in Jesus, everyone who has fellowship with Jesus, everyone who has a close and continuous relationship with Jesus, does not keep on sinning. We do not keep on living unrighteous lives. And if we do keep on sinning, well, then John says, we know that we've never seen or known Jesus. Do we show by our unrighteous lives that we are children of the devil and not children of God? John tells us here to be sure that nobody deceives us about this. I think it's interesting that John says this because he knew many, many people would be deceived by this false teaching. John tells them, don't let nobody deceive you. So we know if we're children of God or children of the devil, not by what we say, but by the way we live our lives. Those who are children of the devil will consistently practice unrighteousness. Those who are children of of God will consistently practice righteousness. And because God's children practice righteousness, John says, they are righteous just as Jesus is righteous. Now, remember the teaching I talked about earlier that claims believers are not really righteous. We're only clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And God just sees us as righteous because Jesus is righteous. You remember I said that? Well, John the Apostle disagrees with that teaching. John says, whoever does what is right is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. So God does not just see Jesus when he looks at believers. God does not credit Christ's righteousness to us while we still live in sin. Instead, this is very important, God makes us righteous in Christ. And what that means is God gives us his grace, his divine power to live righteous lives just like Christ lived. We actually become righteous in Christ by becoming like Christ. There's no costume. We actually become righteous in Christ. And this is what Paul means in 2 Corinthians 5.21 when he says, God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now notice Paul does not say in Christ we have Christ's righteousness credited to us. That's not what he says. But that's how so many people interpret those ver- that verse I just read. Paul actually says we become the righteousness of God in Christ. And you might think, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is Christ did not become sin for us and give himself for us so that God can say we're righteous, Or that he can just see us as righteous in Christ while we're really just filthy sinners. Christ became sin and gave himself for us to change us. So that in him, in our union with him, in our fellowship with him, in a close and continuous relationship with Jesus, we can actually become righteous. We become saints and live righteous lives just like Jesus did. And this righteous life is possible Because we're born of God. See, being born of God, being born again in Christ, well, that changes us. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 17, so then if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. What did Paul say? If we're in Christ, what happens? We are a new creation. God's not pretending like we're something that we're not. He makes us a new creation in Christ. See, when we're born again through water and the Spirit, when we come out of the water, we're changed. God's seed is in us. God's nature is in us. God's Spirit is in us. And we cannot go on living in sin because it's not consistent with our new nature in Christ. It's not consistent with our new way of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, our fellowship with Jesus changes us and truly makes us righteous. Through our relationship with Jesus, we're empowered to continually do what's right, just like Jesus did. If we're born of God, we cannot continue to commit sin. And if we do go on living lawless lives, what John says, we can be sure we do not know Jesus. It's time we recover the true message of Christianity, the true gospel. What you all hear all over the place on TV, radio, that's a false gospel gospel. And I'm just going to say it like it is because I'm tired of seeing the fruit of it in people's lives, and it's destroying people, okay? So we need to hear the true gospel, the teaching that's so popular in our culture. See, this teaching that says we put on this Jesus costume when we believe in Jesus, and God sees us as sinless even while we continue in our sins. Can we all just call that teaching what it is? It's false teaching. It's not the true gospel, and I don't care who preaches it. They're a false teacher if they preach that message. So we should avoid teaching like that at all costs. Because we see the bad fruit of that false teaching all around us. That false teaching leads many to believe they can live like the devil, but still be children of God. That false teaching leads many to call on the name of the Lord, but never depart from wickedness. And that false teaching will lead many to be among those whom Jesus talks about in Matthew 7, 22 through 23. This is the scariest verse. These are the scariest verses in the Bible, if you ask me. Jesus said this. He said, on that day, and on that day, he's talking about the day of judgment. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then look at these fearful words from Jesus. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Notice that these people were deceived. See, they thought they had a relationship with Jesus. The very thing John says, don't be deceived. See, they thought they had a relationship with Jesus. They called Jesus Lord and they do all kinds of stuff in his name. But they'll be told to depart from Jesus. Why are they told this? Because they were workers of lawlessness. Listen to that word. They're workers of lawlessness. They continue to commit sin. And both Jesus and John plainly teach us, those who continue to live lawless lives do not know Jesus And Jesus does not know them. So what we need to do is make sure we're not among those who will hear those fearful words from Jesus on the day of judgment. Let's make sure we believe the true gospel. The gospel that changes us from sinners to saints. The gospel that changes us from those who practice lawlessness to those who practice righteousness. If we're still no different than the dark world around us, then we can be sure that we don't know the real Jesus. Or the real gospel message the apostles preached. Because the Jesus the apostles preached is a life changer. And the message the apostles preached is life changing. See, they teach us that God is light and in him is no darkness. And if we have fellowship with God, then that fellowship will totally transform our lives. Through our fellowship with God, we will no longer be slaves to sin. No longer live lawless lives. Through our union with Christ, we will learn to live just as Jesus lived. We will become more and more like Jesus as we walk in the light until we're finally fully conformed to his image. And that's real Christianity. That's the real gospel. That's what we need to be telling the world about Jesus. But much more, that's what we need to be showing the world through our righteous lives. To the real Christian life is a life marked by righteous living, free from the control of sinful passions. When we consistently walk in the light and live righteous lives, we demonstrate that we are children of God who truly know Jesus. Now, before we close, we need to answer one more question Does this mean that someone who commits one sin does not know Jesus and has never known Jesus? So, we need to understand there's a difference in practicing sin as a lifestyle. Living lawless lives and lapsing into sin at a time of testing, temptation, or weakness. As John says in 1 John 2 1, he says, My children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. But then he goes on to say, If anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So the normal Christian life is that we will not sin, we never commit lawlessness. But if anyone does sin, notice that John does not say when anyone sins, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. What John wants us to know with these verses is, if we lapse into lawless acts, our situation is not hopeless. Because the same blood that freed us from our lawless lives and brought us to God initially, well, that same blood is there to bring us back to God if we stumble into sin. Jesus is our advocate with the Father. And the Greek word behind the word advocate means to call to one side to help. So those who sin can find help in Jesus. Jesus is our help with the Father. And John tells us how Jesus helps us with the Father in 1 John 2, 2. He says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. Now, the Greek word behind atoning sacrifice means to remove or to take away. See, sin is a barrier that blocks the way to our fellowship with God. Jesus is the sacrifice who removes our sins and removes God's wrath, removes that barrier so that we can come back to, to the Father. And this is how Jesus is our helper with the Father if we sin. He it, His blood doesn't cover our sins, though His blood takes away our sins, removes the barrier and restores our relationship with the Father through His blood. So God's will for Christians is that we keep walking in the light, that we never commit sin. The normal Christian life is a life where we do not sin. But if we're tempted and we're drawn into darkness and we do sin, then we should not give up. And that's, that's John's point here. We should not give up. We should not stay in the darkness. We should not let the devil convince us that we've blown it and we cannot come back to God. Instead, what we should do is run from the darkness back into the light. And the way that we do that is by confessing our sin. To confess our sins, it means we say what God says about our sin. We admit that we did wrong. We confess that our sins separate us from fellowship with God. And since that's what sin does, then part of confession is repentance and renunciation. We turn from the sins we confess and we renounce those sins And this is important. We determine that through God's grace, we'll never commit those sins again. And when we do that, then we have a helper in Christ. His blood will take away our sins and bring us back into fellowship with God. And you might say, why is fellowship with God so important? Well, it's so important that we have fellowship with God because only through a close and continuous relationship with God can we have eternal life. Eternal life is only found in that relationship. So as we close, let's remember the message the Lord Jesus gave to the apostles. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And God will not have fellowship with anyone who continues to walk in darkness. We cannot have fellowship with God, and we cannot have eternal life while we live lawless lives. So let's walk in the light. Let's put the truth into practice. Let's continually keep Christ's commands. Let's practice righteousness. Let's walk as Jesus walked, live as Jesus lived, and love as Jesus loved. Let's do those things so that we will not sin, so that we can stay in fellowship with God, so that through a close and continuous relationship with God, we can have eternal life. That, my friends, is the gospel, and that's what we all need to embrace. Let's all stand for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the promise of eternal life that we find in fellowship with you. Thank you for sending your son who shed his blood to make that fellowship possible. Lord, give us grace to walk in the light as you are in the light and to live righteous lives free from all lawlessness as we live and love like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.
1: Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory.